0: Okay, there's one verse that I want to pick out this morning, just one verse. I don't, didn't say to Dave to get it up on the screen, so don't worry, you don't have to, but turn to me if you would, please, so, Judges, chapter 8, verse 4. I've seen this the other, a couple of months ago, I saw this, and I've been waiting for, for the right time when to, to bring it, and we've had some amazing messages haven't we over the last over well, the last 30 years really haven't we <laughs> you do you want to highlight any specific time but the last few weeks the last couple of months god's been really saying something and and i love it i don't want to miss out being in this place to hear what god's saying and this this is this just kind of you know sometimes when you read a verse in the bible and it just kind of like you just feel like you've been steamrolled by it because this verse here it kind of preaches itself it absolutely preaches itself judges 8 verse 4 when gideon came to the jordan he and the 300 men who were with him crossed over <laughs> They crossed over, exhausted, but still in pursuit. (laughs) Gideon came to the Jordan, 300 men with him. They crossed over, exhausted, but still in pursuit. Can you just let that hit your heart? I can see some people starting to... I want to say that, that I don't even need to preach. It preaches itself. Gideon came to the Jordan with just 300 men. For those of you who know before, we'll have a little luck in a minute, but just 300 men. They crossed over, exhausted. That meant they were already exhausted before they crossed over. But they crossed over. And the bit I love is they were still in pursuit. And I want to tell you, I'm preaching to myself this morning. I'm preaching to myself this morning, but I know that there's a word here for you. So let's just pray. Lord, I just pray, Lord, right now, that, Lord, you would open ears, ears, ears as well to hear. Open ears to hear, Lord, your word. Lord, I ask for your anointing, Lord, that, Lord, I don't want it to be my word. I don't want you to hear me this morning. I want you to hear God speaking through me. That this word hits your heart, that hearts be soft to receive what you're saying, Lord. Amen. You see, it's mine and Rob's and the elder's job to hear what's being said. Through conversations, just generally, it's our job to hear what the Spirit is saying. That's our role. One of our, not just one of it's one of our. It's not our main role, but we've been talking, haven't we, recently in in an understanding, discerning what is going on. That is our role. One of our roles is to hear what's going on. And as I'm having conversations, and I, I can't speak for Rob. But as I'm, I'm having conversations with people, I'm hearing the same word over and over and over again. I'm hearing the same thing. And so our role is to say, God, what are you saying here? What, what's going on? And that word is I'm exhausted. That word is it's exhausting. And I believe that we've been in a season where we've had some amazing words, we've been having an amazing time, but that doesn't mean to say when we wake up on a Monday morning whenever it is, is that life can still feel exhausting. Have you ever been tired before? I mean so tired where you just want things to absolutely stop. Have you ever been like that? You normally feel like that if we're after a meeting together, a team meeting, he goes away exhausted. <laughs> but have you ever been so exhausted that you just think, I just want to stop? I remember we were talking this, I think it was Chris and Sarah, that I said, I remember the only time I've been so exhausted like that was flying back from Australia. I don't know if anyone's ever flown to Australia before, or a long haul flight, but I'll tell you, when your body clock gets messed up, oh my goodness. We, we flew for 10 hours to get to Singapore, and we still had 16 hours to go. We had to refuel in Singapore. and I, I'm, I'm not small. Okay? <laughs> I'm six foot four. I'm not built for flying on planes. And as I was sat in my seat, I, I can't even remember what the time was. It was a long time ago, but it must have been where our body got. It must have been the middle of the night. And you know when you just, you can't sleep, you can't get comfortable, and I was just exhausted. I was, your mind just starts to, it's a weird feeling. And I just couldn't get to sleep. When you, you know, when you just want to sleep and you can't, it's horrible, isn't it? I know you sleep, you sleep whatever, don't you? Just gone. Like you'd sleep on a washing line, wouldn't you? Yeah. But it's horrible exhausting. And I remember in the end, I just, Joe looked at it and I was kind of, I just curled up like on on the floor of the plane and I've got my knees on the floor and I'm trying to like put my head on my seat because I just couldn't get comfortable. It was exhausting. It's horrible. And life can feel like that sometimes, can it? Life can feel like that sometimes, can it? And we've had that in our lives and I don't need a preach kind of what we had i mean in the world it's kind of been covid then it was a war then it was the cost of living crisis then it just kind of just can can be exhausting and that's without our own lives isn't it without our own lives comparison culture insecurities having to keep up messaging trying to reply to whatsapp messages emails that can be exhausting can it now, I love having messages from people. Don't get me wrong. Not everyone's going to like, oh, I can't WhatsApp Dan now. Oh, he's there. He's thinking he's exhausted. Oh. And then, oh, it's taken him three days to reply to me. What's wrong with him? He's, I've seen he's seen the message. So he, and he's took three days to reply. But we feel the pressure, don't we? Because people see and say, well, they've seen the message. Why haven't they replied yet? And they get upset thinking, well, he doesn't like me anymore. I'm not important anymore. But it can be exhausting. these can be exhausting, can't they? Chuck it away. (laughs) I would. You know, I've contemplated that sometimes. just thought, yeah, I'd just uh, give it a look. But then I thought, no. But it can be exhausting, can't it? And you've heard people say before, they say, did you have a nice holiday? And they come back and say, I need another holiday now because the holiday was exhausting. (laughs) I need another holiday from the holiday. I've said that. But there's different kinds of tiredness, isn't there? Different kinds of exhaustion, it's not just physical. It can be mental, it can be emotional, different kinds. Some of it's your own fault. Ooh, I'm the pastor, I'm allowed to say that now. <laughs> Before, I probably wouldn't have been allowed, but now, as I'm hearing, some of it, you know, exhaustion is your own fault. Got to be real with yourself. Some of it's your own fault. I, not you. Necessarily, I'm just because you were looking at me. But it is some things, if you would just leave well alone, it would sort itself out. So some of the exhaustion is our own fault. I'll talk about my some of the exhaustion's my fault. Okay? And some of it is just it ain't any of your business, is it? Some of it, sometimes if we were just to mind our own business, it's somebody else's fight. But we sometimes get involved. Oh, I talk about myself. Sometimes I get involved in other people's business. Now, yes, sometimes pastorally you need to, but some things that I don't need to. And I end up getting involved, and then I'm spending mental energy that I don't need to. And then I'm thinking, whew, I'm absolutely wiped out when I shouldn't have even been getting involved. I should have mined my own business. That won't hurt. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to be tired. Hear me. It's okay to be tired. It's okay to be exhausted. But what I want you to do is help you to see how to manage it and not let it stop you from reaching your destination. That's the purpose of today. So let's get into the text, this one verse. There's four Phrases that I can kind of pick up through this. Four phase four phrases. Number one, first of all, there were small numbers who were loyal. Small small numbers who were loyal. They were committed. That's the word committed yeah. to Gideon. See, when you're facing a battle, when you're in a battle, I want people around me who are committed. You need people around you who are committed. And it doesn't matter about the size. It didn't matter about the numbers. We'll have a quick look. See, they got down to 300. God whittled them down to 300. (laughs) Initially, they had 32,000. The army they were facing, the Midianites, had hundred and fifty thousand, but God whittled it down to three hundred. See, and what had happened, Moses had got them out of bondage, and Joshua had tucked them in to the Promised Land. Moses got them out; Joshua tucked them in to the Promised Land. Both of them now were dead when we get to this part of Scripture. Both had died. Now the children of Israel had their own stuff. They had their own bling. They had their own technology. They had everything that they wanted. In captivity, they didn't have anything. They were slaves. Now they were entering in the promised land where they were living and they had their own stuff. They were eating off the land. They were wearing, wearing their designer gear. But what's more important is they had no leader. They were just doing their own thing. They were doing what was right in their own eyes. And that's always where the problem leads. See, as much as you may not like what me and him says, and Wendy and the leadership team and the elders may be, I want to tell you, without a leader, the people perish. Hang on, you're on, next, no, you're on in two weeks' time. This is mean that you were on last week. <laughs> I know. But without a leader, this is what Jesus says. Jesus... And I'll talk about me, okay? Right. I'll talk about me. You say, you're always talking about you, but I don't want to offend anyone. So if I talk about me, is he, Jesus said, "I am. we are like sheep. Nudge a person next to you and say, there, see, I didn't even have to say. <laughs> it's easy, this, isn't it? It's easy. You sort of lead them and lead them to, and they do it themselves. But Jesus compared us to sheep And I'm glad you're in, Kathy, because sheep need a, what do sheep need? A shepherd. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Sheep need a shepherd. Because what do sheep do? What do I do? What do I do, Chloe? I make dumb decisions. Sheep make dumb decisions. I'm capable of making dumb decisions. I know you're not. But I am okay, Matthew. You're not capable, and no, not with a not with a smiling angelic face like that. you're definitely not made capable of making dumb decisions. But I am okay. I am. I need shepherds. I need shepherding. But but God raised up. It says the Midianites. God raised up the Midianites. That's interesting, isn't it? God raised him up and for years it was quite simple. God said if you do obey what I tell you to do you'll be blessed. <laughs> Just obey what I've told you to do. It's that simple and you'll be blessed, Andy. Like you telling me yesterday or, or Chris telling me what to do. All I had to do was obey, didn't I? And I did obey, didn't I? I kind of, And I was blessed. <laughs> Just do what I tell you to do and you'll be blessed. But if you don't If you don't, then there's consequences, because God loves you, and he doesn't want us to be like children without a shepherd, he doesn't want us to be without a father. And so this is where we find the children of Israel, the Midianites, what they would do is they would come every year when the Israelites had planted, just as the harvest was about to be reaped, the Midianites knew what time of year it was, and they would come, and they would take Everything that they had planted. Wow, that's unfair, isn't it? Feel like that in your life sometimes? Everything you try to do, just when it's about to be a good, kind of it comes and wipes the floor and you think, where did that come from? You never seem to quite get far enough ahead. This is what the children of Israel were like. And the enemy went further. They actually said that that which they didn't want, they would burn. Burn. They didn't even let them have the stuff that they didn't even want. The, the dregs. They burnt it. So here we find Gideon. This is where he's at. It took the children of Israel seven years to cry out to God. Seven years. How long is it before you cry out to God? When you're in a crisis, how long does it take? I know in my life sometimes I can be a bit dumb like a sheep and I can be trying to run along and do things my own way and I'm thinking hang on a minute where's God in this? It took him seven years to cry out to God and here's Gideon threshing wheat in a wine press now I'm not very cultural but I know you don't thresh wheat in a wine press but even in the wrong place even in the wrong place God still spoke. Isn't that comforting? Isn't that comforting this morning to say, even in the wrong place, Gideon was in the wrong place. If you back up to, to chapter 6, he was in, in the wine press doing something that was kind of right. He was still of integrity trying to hide the, the, the wheat from the, from the Midian, Midianites. See, so you've got to learn to be faithful even in frustration. See, even in this place, Gideon was frustrated. You gotta to learn to be faithful. And what does God say? God says, with He says, I am with you. I am with you. Mighty man of valor. Here he is hiding in the wine press. Mighty man of valor. I don't feel like it. And eventually they get whittled down. He goes out, God says to him, Go in this strength of yours. So he goes and gathers 32,000 men. And God says, that's not that's, that's too many. You say, God, what? What do you mean? That's too many. That's not enough, God. It's not enough. God says it's too many. So eventually He said, Anyone that's fearful and afraid, let them go. 22,000 left. So He's left them with just 10,000. See, I said earlier, I need people around me who have got faith. And eventually God says that the purpose for getting them down to 300 is so that God gets the glory. God gets the glory. See, there's three types of glory. And I love what we did this morning. Three types. One type of glory is God's manifested glory. That's his manifested glory through creation, which says the whole earth is filled with his glory. The second is the ascribed glory. That's the glory that we give Jesus like this morning when we praise and when we worship. We are giving him glory. That's the glory Jesus loves. That's the glory God loves that we give him. That's the ascribed glory. But then there's a third glory. The intrinsic glory of God. Intrinsic, wow. That's the glory that actually that's who he is <laughs> there's the manifest glory that god gives out there's the ascribed glory that we give to him but this is a diff- we can't give him intrinsic glory this is the very substance of who god is it's the all powerful all knowing it's the sum and the substance of all that god is his intrinsic glory It's his substance. If I had some clay or something, that would be that's his very essence of who he is. And he always had it, and he'll always have it. It can't be taken away, it's everlasting. The great I am, Godfrey. I am that I am. That's the intrinsic glory of God. I remember, and you've probably read, where Moses said, let me see your glory. And God said, you can't handle my glory. You can't handle it, Charles. But God in his grace said, I'll pass by and you can just see my back. Because <laughs> we need to remember sometimes who we are. We're just flesh, we're just dust. In the awe of God. But his grace of how he comes and he, he, he died for it is amazing, isn't it? But that intrinsic glory, and he says, "It says in one Corinthians that God has chosen the foolish and the weak things of the world." Hello, <laughs> it's only me and Iris that are waving. The young, oh hello, you're waving. He's chosen the fook. Foo- foo- the foolish, and the weak, the weak things to put to shame the mighty and the wise. That's how my God works. What a basis to come from, is it? If you're feeling foolish today, if you're feeling weak, God says, I, chose, I choose those things. Why does he do that? Because I wouldn't. Us in our human minds wouldn't. But this is what he says. He says that no flesh would glory in his presence. See, our flesh is never going to get glory in God's presence. That's why he whittled them down to 300. Because the glory always belongs to the Lord. If they did it with 32,000, Gideon, if he was like me, would be celebrating. A bit like you And you beat me at snooker all those years ago and you still bleat on about it. That's exhausting. <laughs> God. And then he won't give me a rematch to play him and beat him. And <laughs> now you've got your new colored glasses, you'll be able to see where the ball's on, are now. <laughs> Playing snooker in black and white. Crazy. But God wants to go. Gl- no flesh, a glory in his presence. That's, that's what God wants. Because Jesus says, I'm in your boat. So that's the first one. They were small numbers who were loyal. What's the second phrase that sticks out? Crossing over. It says they crossed over. At this point, they were exhausted before they crossed over. But as I read this, the Jordan, it represents a place of transition. The Jordan always represents a place of transition. Transition. Elijah received the mantle from Elijah at the Jordan. Jesus, people didn't know who Jesus was necessarily until Jesus was baptized in the Jordan and God's glory and the Holy Spirit descended upon. There was a transition at the Jordan. The Jordan represents as they moved into the promised land, from the wilderness to the promise, it was a place of transition. It was a place of saying, now you're living Off what God has said. Rather than his miracles. That's kingdom living. Do you know that? When you live off what God has said. That's kingdom living. I know Christians that they say. Well I'm looking for a miracle. I'm looking for this. Whereas God has said. Hey I've given you my word. Now live off it. You live off it. Faith is a fight. You've got to fight for some stuff. It's real. And that was the place of transition. This is where they were, living off God's word. That's how I should be living, living off his word. That's kingdom living. But the enemy doesn't want you living like that. He wants you not living like that. He wants you not living off God's word. He wants you still exhausted and staying on this side. He doesn't want you to cross over. We heard that brilliantly the other week. Then the third part, part—that's the exhausted where Gideon had to ask some of the tough questions. He had to ask some of the tough questions. Have you ever been in that place? You know, it's okay to ask the tough questions. Gideon said, why? Anybody asked why lately? I have. Part of my life, I've never really asked God why until recently where I actually, it was kind of, From within my gut, it was kind of, God, why? Have you ever been in that place where you kind of feel almost bad for asking it? You think, who am I to come to God? But it was trying not to come from a place of being angry. But sometimes you've got to ask God the tough questions. Gideon said, why, Lord, why is this happening? Where are your people? Why are you letting the Midianites come and take all our stuff? Why, Lord? And OK, even further than that, where are all the miracles? If you're God, if you're sovereign, why is this happening? It's OK to ask tough questions. I had to come to that realization. But you may not get an answer. God Gideon asked the questions, but God never actually gave him an answer. Go back and read it in Judges 6. He asked the questions, but God just said to him, go. God said to him, go in this strength of yours. That didn't make sense. But go. And then there's the part where it's still pursuing. The last part, still in pursuit something inside me is telling me to keep going yes mm-hmm. something inside me is still saying don't give up to not stop fighting for truth and justice paul says this in philippians he says to pursue truth to pursue righteousness that which is pure that which is lovely that which is noble Because there's something good on the other side. There's something more on the other side. They came, they were exhausted, but they were still in pursuit. See, this is what I want you to hear. If you don't remember anything else this morning, this phrase. See, your destination, your destiny, your calling, your future is greater than your feelings. I'll say it again, your destination is greater than your feelings. See, they were feeling exhausted, but still in pursuit. And I love what Jesus does. You've read, "Ever look at it," John chapter four, when Jesus meets the, the woman at the well. Love that love that's. I might get Dave, when you put it out on YouTube, if you maybe, I don't know, copyright or whatever, where we can put the link of The Chosen on there when Jesus meets the woman at the well. Can we do that? We love The Chosen, don't we? Yeah, we love The Chosen. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen the the part of The Chosen where Jesus meets the woman at the well, I want to tell you, every time i said it before, it absolutely ruins me when I watch it. Get a box of Kleenex or tissues, I get ruined when I see it. It's just incredible. David put the link on YouTube on there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we can get around... Yeah, he said, <laughs> it's on YouTube anyway, isn't it? It's be all right. But to grab the, just to see it visually, it's, it, it's incredible. But Jesus here, he meets the Samaritan woman. And Jesus said he needed to go. What did Jesus say to Gideon? It was the angel that came to Gideon. Capital A in your Bible, all right? Make sure it's a capital A in there. It's Jesus that turns up to Gideon. And he says, go. Here in John 4, Jesus says he needed to go. Sometimes you just need to go. You just need to go on what God has already said. He said he needed to go through Samaria, a different route. Verse 6, it says that he was weary, doesn't it? Jesus said he was exhausted. He was exhausted, but he crossed over. That's what I love. He sets the example. He says he crossed over to meet this woman. He crossed over um, religious divides. He crossed over political divides. Years of history of division between the Samaritans and the Jews. He crossed over. But aren't you glad today that he crossed over for me and for you? That while you were still enemies, Romans 5 says, while you were still enemies of God, he died for you. So if he died for you when you are an enemy, how much more now the goodness of God, now that you're alive in Christ, he won't withhold any good thing from you. He crossed over because he was in pursuit of her salvation. Not just her salvation, she went back and told the whole village. And they all came and said, now we believe, not because of what you said, but because of what he says. That's a testimony of my life of what he says. See, this is what I call cascading grace. That could be a good title. That might be the title of next week's message, maybe. Cascading grace. What does that mean? That means where one small action can turn into something of a trend. One small action, cascading grace. You've seen the waterfall and kind of where they fill up like a chocolate fountain or whatever it is. Where it comes, it starts small and then it overflows. Cascading grace. That's my Jesus. He does one small thing, just one word from him man. one word can change your life. And it changed an entire city, region because of cascading grace. What small action can you take today? What small action can you do this week that could change and start a trend of cascading grace in someone else's life? What could you do? Let's stand, please. We've come to a... We've kind of come to a, a close, but I want you to hear what... Paul says, it's hot, it's kind of, not much air, is it? I was actually thinking about getting ice creams, weren't we? But we didn't. (laughs) Don't tell them that. Maybe next week if the weather's nice, maybe. But this is what Paul says in Philippians, Philippians 3. He says, not that I've already attained it, or I'm already perfected, but I press on. Oh, I pursue that I may lay hold oh, of that for which Christ Jesus also has laid hold of me. I press on. I do not count myself to have apprehended, laid hold of, but one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting those things. Which are behind. I reach forward. Towards those things which are ahead. (laughs) Isn't that lovely? I reach forward to those things. That are ahead. I press towards the goal. The prize of the upward call of God. In Christ. See today if we just bow our heads. Let's just close our eyes please. Because today in this place, if you can resonate, if you can connect with this word this morning, but I want to tell you that it's okay to be exhausted. But you need to still be pursuing. To not stay in that place of exhaustion. And if that's you this morning, then... With eyes closed, I just simply want you to just acknowledge that to say, Lord, that's me this morning. And we just want to pray over you where you are, for you just to receive the life of Jesus, as we've heard already that it's speaking the name of Jesus. So in this place, this is between you and God. If you're saying, Lord, I'm feeling that this morning. I'm feeling a bit tired, a bit exhausted, a bit like life is just weighing heavy. And Jesus says, hey, cast all your care upon me. I care for you. And so, Lord, I pray right now. Lord, I pray right now for your children. That Lord, you fill them with life. You're the life giver. And so Lord, we want that to be our declaration today in this place. That yes, we may be exhausted, but we're still in pursuit. Lord, we may be feeling tired, but we can give it to you. Because we're crossing over. We're living off your word today. Words of life, because the destination is greater than your feelings. And so, Lord, in this place, as some hands are raised, Lord, I just ask right now that you would come. You would come, and you would minister, Lord, to your children. Minister to them, Lord. That they may receive your anointing in this season. That we are crossing over. Because you're in the boat. And Lord, there's something on the other side. Because of your goodness. Because of who you are. We give you the glory, Lord. Lord, we don't want any glory in our flesh, Lord, today. That we know we can do nothing without you, Lord. Jesus, you said it. You said, without me, you can do nothing. And so, Lord, I stop all our striving. All our pursuing without you. Lord, we want to pursue with you. That's our prayer today, Jesus. That you get the glory. Lord, help us to understand that it's okay to ask the tough questions. It's okay to ask you, Lord. You're not put off by us asking tough questions. You're not afraid of us asking tough questions. Help us to hear and understand what you're saying, Lord. In your name, Jesus. Lord, I ask that you just seal this word from the worship to our declarations, to hearing your word, Lord, everything that's flowed out of this place this morning, Lord. I ask by your Holy Spirit that you seal it.